Oh God, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your great grace, your tender mercies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come before you this morning, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your compassion, oh God. Lord, you brought us thus far. You stood with us, oh God. You strengthened us. You kept us. Father, continue to keep us, to mold us and make us, oh God. Lord, you brought us through difficult times in the past. And we know that you will take us through. Father, we wait upon you. We look to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we depend upon your every word. Send us help, O oh God, from the sanctuary. Strengthen us out of Zion. Give us that mind. <coughs> Lord, we pray for all our friends and adversaries and everyone, my God, who would call on the name of Jesus and those who wouldn't. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this a new day, a new month. Lord, new mercies we see continue to build us up in our most holy faith, my God. Remember all your ministers everywhere. Lord, those who have the strength to endure, those who are weak. Lord, you told us that the weak ought to say they're strong. Lord, give us patience, my God, for in our patience we possess our soul. Help us to stand on your word, my God. Help us to stand for your word. Let us not take down on your word, my God. But help us to be bold. Help us to stand in the gap and preach your word. Not seeking the favor of men, but of God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Father, we give you a great grace. Lord, we thank you, oh God. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your grace and truth that came through Jesus Christ. Lord, as we are about to look into your word, we pray, dear God, that you will illuminate our minds, open our understanding. Give us a vision, O oh God, lest we perish. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. A pleasant good morning to you, you and you, Brother Brown here this morning. And it's good to be back. We thank and praise God that he's brought us thus far. This is the Master of Arts New Testament Letters program. And today is Wednesday, the 1st of April, 2020. Ah, hallelujah, how far we've come. Our topic today, be of good cheer, Paul, for... As thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou also bear witness in Rome. Again, our topic, be of good cheer, cheer up. Cheer up, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Paul had done many things for and against the word of God. And uh, 
Paul had numerous experiences and he was at a point now where the Lord visited with him and encouraged him. There are times you will need encouragement, the work that you do, the things that you must do. There are times you may get discouraged. But Paul was encouraged of the Lord that he should be of good cheer. He had testified of the Lord in Jerusalem and it's okay, no matter what you're going through, you must bear witness also at Rome. In our introduction, we see where God in times past suffered all nations, Acts chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. God in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. So God had allowed the various nations in times past to walk in their own ways, doing that which seemed right in their own eyes. But he never left himself without a witness. And Paul was a witness, yet borne witness in Jerusalem to God. Jesus had come to them. They had rejected him. The apostles taught them, spoke to them, worked signs and wonders through Jesus Christ to them, and many rejected him. So Paul now had borne witness in Jerusalem, and the Lord was telling him he would be a witness to the Lord at Rome also. God had said in his word in times past, he had suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. God does not force upon any individual the things that he want done. He states it and it is done because he, by his word, made all things. Our text today comes from Acts chapter 23. Acts chapter 23. Yesterday we spoke to you how Paul had gone up to Jerusalem, was taken prisoner. The Jews, the Pharisees, the Sadducees that surrounded, surrounded him, and they tried to tear him apart. He was then delivered from their midst by the chief captain. He spoke to him in Greek, then spoke to the people in Hebrew. And the people, when they heard that Paul would go to the Gentiles, they went ballistic. And Paul continued his message in Acts chapter 23. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall. For sittest thou to judge me after the law, and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law? And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? What do we have here? We have Paul speaking before the council in Jerusalem, addressing them, telling them what he had previously done, what he had done in the past, how the Lord had converted him, and he was now a new creature in Christ. And he, looking at the council, said to them, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until today. From the day I started out, 
with the knowledge and understanding that I had, I lived in good conscience. What if I did? My conscience bore witness. He said, until today, he said this in the council. So when he was persecuting the church, he believed that he was doing the will of God from the heart. And Ananias, the high priest, commanded them that stood by to smite him on the mouth. It must be remembered that at one time Paul was under the directives of the high priest carrying out the things that they had authorized him to do. But then along the way, the Lord converted him and he was now on the other side. And Ananias was angry, was wroth. He commanded that Paul be smitten on the mouth. Then Paul engaged him saying, God shall smite thee. Just as you have done to me, God will do it unto you. God shall smite you, the whitest, whited wall. Outwardly, he appeared righteous, but God knew his heart. His heart inside was filled with dead men's bones. Many times you see, and you see individuals, but God will let you know their heart. Paul said, God shall smite thee, the whited wall. They were like graves washed over, appear beautiful on the outside, but terrible on the inside. Paul said, for sittest thou to judge me after the law. You're going to judge me after the law and at the same time commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law. He was a hypocrite. You see hypocrisy every single day in your life. Those that justify what they do, but condemn the same thing in others. Commandest thou to be smitten contrary to the law? You ask that those around smite me because you say I break the law. But the fact that the law says that I should not be smitten, he says, Ananias, you're a hypocrite. And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? So they questioned him if he was going to revile the high priest of God. Then Paul said, I wist not, I knew not, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead, am I called in question. Now Paul did not know that Ananias was the high priest. His apparent that his appearance was not much different than the appearance of the others that were with him in the council. So he had commanded Paul to be smitten. Paul chastised him. Then it was pointed out to Paul that he was the high priest of God. And Paul said, I did not know. Why? Because the word says, thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. There are times when we will say and do things in ignorance. But the Lord is merciful unto us. Every word that we speak shall be brought into judgment. All of us. Had it not been for the mercies of God. Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. We ought to bear that in mind. That we should not speak evil of the ruler of our people. 
But Paul, he knew what the circumstances were. He knew what the situation at that point was. And when he saw that one part of the council were Sadducees and the other part Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee. He claimed his denomination, so to speak. One part of the council was of one denomination and another part another denomination. So Paul claimed to be a Pharisee. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. We must understand that there are people with different beliefs, different understanding of the word of God, different levels of uh, education, different levels of understanding, different levels of knowledge. And the Sadducees, they did not believe in the resurrection, nor angels, nor spirit. But the Pharisees believed in these. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees' part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man. But if a spirit or an angel had spoken to him, let us not fight against God. So they understood that Paul was spoken to by the Lord, converted, and they wanted to exonerate him. They found no evil in him because they believed that God had spoken unto him. But when there arose a great dissension, those Sadducees on the other side did not believe in resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit. And they took an opposing point of view. And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. One of the things we have to be cognizant about, we have to know, understand, and allow our perception, our minds to grasp, is that there can be religious discussions that can generate into something more harmful than how it started out. And the people began to pull and push, and Paul was in the middle, and the centurion, the chief captain, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them. There are times your situation will get so out of hand that force have to be called in. Beloved, let us never let it get to the stage where we among ourselves cause force to be brought in to be used against us to settle the differences that we have. The Bible says, why you don't just take the wrong? Why do you not take the wrong and suffer yourself to be defrauded? They want to be right. Let them be right. Let them be right. But stand on the word of God. Stand up for what you believe in. But do not fight and pull. And here the soldiers were commanded to go down and to take him by force. That, that's what they are, a force. It is a force. And any time you see a force present, you know that at the first opportunity of dissension, that force can be used 
and it will be used against you if you do not comply. There was a great dissension. The chief captain, fearing lest Paul should be pulling pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and bring him into the castle. So Paul was delivered from the midst of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But look what we have now. We had a spirit of discord among them, a spirit of division, uprising, a spirit that took away peace and tranquility from the presence of the people. And now Paul was taken out from among them and taken into the castle. Our behaviors ought to be such that those that follow us understand the word of God, but not deteriorate into behaviors that will bring dissent, force, and violence. The word says, And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Paul apparently had gotten somewhat discouraged. He was now in the castle in chains. He was in the midst previously of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the soldiers came and took him by force and he was finding out what it is to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, there are many that will follow him with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. But Paul was determined to serve God with every fiber of his being. He was determined to stand up for God no matter the consequences and it almost brought his demise. He had to be taken by force from among the Pharisees and the Sadducees and taken into the castle. And this had some effect on his uh, emotional well-being. He was a little discouraged. And the following night, the Lord stood by him. Let me say to you, brethren, there are times you will become discouraged with circumstances, with situations, with things going on in and around you, with things in your life, things on the inside, things on the outside. You will become discouraged, but the Lord appeared. The Lord stood by him and told him, be of good cheer, cheer up. Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in tribulation. Rejoice in, in suffering. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. This too will pass you in Jerusalem, but I have a mission for you in Rome. This too will pass. Cheer up. And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. And they were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great curse and will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Now therefore ye with the council signify to the chief captain that he bring him down unto you tomorrow as though you would inquire something more perfectly concerning him and we or ever he come near are ready to kill him. There are times in serving the Lord that you will find yourself 
in situations where your well-being is not the foremost thought of others. Paul, serving the Lord, was now the subject of a conspiracy. Certain of the Jews banded themselves together under a curse, saying they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed him. You have to be careful, beloved. In serving the Lord, you have to seek him day and night for his direction because there are individuals that will band themselves together. They will gather together in their conspiracy to destroy you. But the wisdom of God will guide you. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you need not fear any evil for the Lord stood with him. The Lord stood with him and testified, For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. These Jews had conspired to kill him. They put a curse upon themselves, and there were more than forty. They came to the chief priests and the elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great curse. They swore that a curse would come upon them if they did not kill Paul and they would not eat. They would not drink till they have slain him. You have to be careful of the fast and the different things that you agree and enter into because many have wicked intentions, many have devious intentions and will congregate, come together for your demise. So you have to seek the Lord in all your ways. You acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will show you which way to go. They then went to the council and told him that those with the council should ask for Paul that he be brought down to them as if they would inquire of him something more perfectly, something more honest, something more honorable. But they had a devious underlying reason why they want him brought down. <laughs> but God, our God, is a revealer of secrets. And when Paul's sister's son heard of the aligning weight, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul, Don't worry what the adversary is doing. Everything that is done was done before the foundation of the world. All the works of the Lord are known unto him before. There's nothing done that the Lord does not know. When Paul's sister son heard of their lying in wait, they were lying in wait and Paul's sister son heard about it, he entered into the castle and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions unto him and said, Bring this young man unto the chief captain, for he had a certain thing to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the chief captain and said, Paul the prisoner called me unto him and prayed me to bring this young man unto thee who had something to say unto thee. So here it was made known unto Paul their conspiracy. Whenever you conspire against people, you must always remember it's going to get back to them. Hello somebody, that same dog that bring the bone is the dog that will take one. So when you get together, you sit down and you talk about people and you criticize and you think you're doing it in private. Not so. You must know that God is a revealer of secrets. 
So Paul's nephew heard of the conspiracy, came to Paul. Paul told the centurion who went to the chief captain. The chief captain took him aside privately and it was told to the chief captain what was going on. Beloved, we ought to understand that the things that we say and do are known unto God. Don't look at the behavior of individuals. Look at the mind of God. Now, the young man said to him, but do not yield unto them. There are times when different scenarios, situations will be presented to you for your demise. The Jews have agreed to desire thee that thou wouldest bring Paul down tomorrow into the council as though they would inquire somewhat of him more perfectly. But do not thou ye unto them, for there lie in wait for him of them more than forty men which have bound themselves with an oath that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him, and now are they ready looking for promise from thee. A lot of times individuals will go around trying to get you to engage in something that the Lord will tell you not to do. You have to stand fast. You have to stand on the word of the Lord. Do not yield unto them. For there lie in wait for him of them more than 40 men. Sometimes you're walking in a trap. Sometimes you walk, you're headed towards a pit. The heart of man is desperately wicked above all things. And you got to know that. But you must love him anyway. They have bound themselves with an hold. That they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him. Their desire is to destroy you. They see a benefit in your destruction. And now are they ready. Looking for a promise from thee. So the chief captain then let the young man depart. And charge him. See thou tell no man that thou hast shown these things to me. Sometimes every one of the plans of the adversary is known, but he don't know that you know his plan. The chief captain tell the young man, don't tell anyone that I know these things. And he called unto him two centurions, saying, make ready 200 soldiers to go to Caesarea, and horsemen threescore and ten, and spearmen two hundred at the third hour of the night, and provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe unto Felix the governor. He said, I want you to get ready an army. I want you to get ready protection, an escort for Paul. Jesus had said that Paul would be down in Rome testifying of him. And the chief captain prepared a force, a force of protection. The Lord will give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in thy ways, lest thou Dash thy foot against a stone. The chief captain then let the young man depart and charge him. See thou tell no man that thou hast shown these things to me. And then he himself went and prepared a force to escort Paul unto Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter after this manner. Claudius Lysias unto the most excellent governor Felix sendeth greeting. This man was taken of the Jews and should have been killed of them. Then came I with an army and rescued him, having understood that he was a Roman. And when I would have known the cause 
Wherefore they accused him, I brought him forth into their council, whom I perceive to be accused of questions of their law, but to have nothing laid to his charge worthy of death or bonds. And when it was told me of the Jews had laid wait for the men, I sent straightway to thee and gave commandment to his accusers also to say before thee what they had against him farewell. Now this letter was excellently written. Excellently written. Claudius Lysias knew Felix the governor would receive Paul. And the way he wrote this letter, <laughs> it tells all the events that occurred, but in a light that made Claudius Lysias, painted Claudius Lysias in a favorable light. Claudius Lysias, unto the most excellent governor, Felix, sent that greeting. He greeted him. He sought to come at one with Felix, at one in peace, greetings. Then he went to the point of what he had to say. He made his point right away so that Felix, being an individual whose time was precious, would not waste time in dealing with a whole lot of other issues, flurry, arguments, but he went straight to the point. This man was taken off the Jews and should have been killed of them. So he stated what happened and what the outcome would have been. Then he stated what he did. Then I came with an army and listened to this and rescued him. So he presented his army and his force as being on a rescue mission. Then he used this cunning craft, the argument, having understood that he was a Roman. <laughs> My God, how he phrased it. It was great. He painted himself in such a beautiful light. And when I would have known the cause, wherefore they accused him, I brought him forth into their council. So he said, you know, I was going to do my investigation. I wanted to understand. I wanted to know what was happening. So I brought him into their council. And while there, I perceived that he was accused of questions of their law. So what I found out, the accusation against him was questioning, questions concerning the laws of the Jews. But when I looked at it, it was not worthy. They had nothing laid to his charge worthy of death or bonds. In Claudius Lysias' estimation, that was so. And when it was told me how that the Jews laid wait for the man, I sent straightway to thee and gave commandment to his accusers also to say before thee what they had against him. Farewell. So after he found out everything, he also realized that the Jews laid wait for him and situation, the situation that then existed could have gotten out of hand. He sent him straightway to Felix and gave commandment to his accusers to appear before Felix also. And he said, farewell. He closed his letter. He didn't go to a whole bunch of details and getting into everything that transpired. We read it previously. 
Claudius Lysias wasn't interested in all the details of what occurred. He just wanted to know how the situation that is being presented to him would have upset law and order and what was done to maintain law and order. And now that the matter was in his hands, he had an understanding of both parties and he would deal with it. So Claudius Lysias wrote a letter unto an executive recognizing his time, his importance, and the fact that judgment was now committed unto him. That's how we must operate, beloved. A lot of times we get off into all kind of areas, areas that don't pertain to what we are asked to do. And then it leads to more chaos. He said, farewell. You got to know when to stop. You got to bring your thoughts into subjection. Many times you see individuals with their thoughts running all over the place, chaotic. But Lysias was trained how he ought to write and he wrote a letter that described the situation, what he did, and all the moves that he made up until it was handed over to Felix. Then the soldiers, as it was commanded them, to pour and brought him by night and brought him by night to Antipatris. The soldiers, as it was commanded them, took Paul and took him in the night to Antipatris. On the morrow they left the horsemen to go with him and returned to the castle. So the soldiers took Paul out in the night, took him to Antipatris, took him to a different place from where that uproar was and the council took him away from the castle. And on the morrow they left the horsemen, so they left there the horsemen, to go with him and they returned to the castle. So the horsemen were going to go with Paul. And they, the soldiers, returned to the castle. Who, when they came to Caesarea, the horsemen, delivered the epistle to the governor and presented Paul also before him. So we must understand that different individuals have their own part of the job to do. A lot of times you see an individual having one part of the job to do will try to run something else that he has no knowledge nor understanding of. But he want to run this and run that. And it is important that we stay in our lane and allow the other parts of the body to function effectively in their lane. We cause chaos and confusion when we try to do that to which we were not called. We have no understanding of it. It doesn't make sense to our minds. We can't comprehend it, but we want to do that which was given to another. On the morrow, they left the horsemen to go with him. So the soldiers left the horsemen. The horsemen had to go that they might travel that far journey, but the soldiers on foot returned to the castle. When the horsemen were come to Caesarea, they delivered the epistle to the governor and presented Paul also before. They did their job. They did what they were supposed to do. Then, when the governor had read the letter, he asked of what province he was. And when he understood that he was of Cilicia, he said, I will hear thee. Now it's important as we see even in our present day, different individuals live in different areas of the country. And when Paul was brought to Felix, 
Felix read the letter. He inquired where Paul came from. He understood that he was of Cilicia, Tarsus in Cilicia. He was a Roman citizen and he agreed. He said, I will hear thee. I will hear thee when thy, thine accusers are also come. So they had a system where the accusers were given the opportunity to present their arguments before the judge. So Paul was a Roman citizen of Tarsus in Cilicia. Yes, he was a Jew. He was brought up in Jerusalem. But his background, his origin. The place he came from was Cilicia, a Roman province. And Felix agreed, being the governor, the judge, to hear him. I will hear thee, said he, when thine accusers are also come. There are two sides to a story. He wasn't just going to hear one side. He was going to hear both sides. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's judgment hall. It's important to understand that Herod had died. Herod had died, he was eaten up of worms because he gave not God the glory. Felix was now at Caesarea. Herod had died in Caesarea. When those of Tyre and Sidon came up and said he had the voice of a God, and Felix was now there. So he commanded that Paul be kept in Herod's judgment hall. You got to remember there was a time when Jesus had previously appeared before Herod. So now Paul was appearing before, be this the same Herod or another Herod, he was going through the same thing as his Lord had done. We thank and praise God for the word thus far. We will continue tomorrow. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father and our God, Lord, we come before you thanking you, O God, for your word. For the entrance of your word, give it light. Continue to enlighten us. Continue to give us your grace. Open our hearts. Open our understanding. Help us to know if we suffer with you, we shall also reign with you. Teach us to be of good cheer, my God. Never to be discouraged, but to stand fast in the liberty with which you have made us free. Not to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The Bible tells us that we are ministers of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and had committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Each one of us is a part of that holy nation, a part of that royal priesthood. And we have a ministry of reconciliation. In these times, trying though they may be, we still have the opportunity to say, testify, no matter what our condition, no matter what our circumstance, we still can testify of the goodness of Jesus. Paul did that. He was in chains. He was being pulled by individuals in every direction. A force was sent to deliver him, but he stood up for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we as ministers of reconciliation must stand no matter what our circumstances are. Now we must obey every law of man. The Bible says, be subject. Let every soul be subject to the higher powers. There's no power but of God. 
the powers that be are ordained of God. So you must be obedient. I must be obedient. But we can speak. We can testify. As we go along our journey, we can testify to men and women about Christ Jesus. And Paul did that. And he was taken from place to place to be a witness unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And you too, no matter your circumstances, no matter the condition, can be a witness to Jesus Christ. So, I'm going to step away from here. That you may approach a throne of grace. And you will find help. You will find help in the time of trouble. God bless you, beloved. Have a wonderful day.
Amen, amen, amen. Come on home, beloved. Come on home, won't you? Won't you please? Please come home.